welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old soundtracks for some reason. This is Nick. This is Chris. And this is Caleb. And this week, it's my pick. Following up, uh, we're off that Halloween high. We are now... Uh, Still scared from that last episode. <laughs> we are probably in early November at this point. Look outside, guys. Is it... Are the leaves falling? Uh, I picked another kind of Halloween-y films from 1998, the soundtrack to The Faculty. Yeah! Hey! hey. Faculty. The Faculty. This was a movie I had not seen, or I'm, a soundtrack I had not listened to. I had never seen the movie either. A lot of gold material in here. This is a movie that um, I don't think I... This It came out when I was in high school, and I don't think I watched it then, but I had seen it later on cable or something. But it is a soundtrack that I'm aware of in that it took a lot of big swings in a way that I'm excited to talk about. So uh, let's dive right in. What's our first track, Nikki? Track one. Up first, we've got Class of 99 with Another Brick in the Wall, part two. Coming in hot with a cover, cover right off the bat. Cover right off the bat. Super group right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nikki, who, who did this originally? This was, uh, of course, Pink Floyd. Oh, okay. Oh, there, I knew yeah, it sounded familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd uh, heard it before. Class of 99, I think that this is a little project that was only for the soundtrack, only for a couple <laughs> uh, songs, essentially. And this is like Tom Morello of Tom Rage Morello. Against the Machine playing uh, guitar. Lane, Lane Staley. Staley. I Allison think this might have been one of the last things that Lane Staley uh, recorded. It's a very bad cover of a very good song. I will say it is a bad cover. I wouldn't say very bad. I think for the 90s, this is probably the best you could expect. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, given some of what we have waiting for us in the wings, this is not a bad cover. (laughs) We've got Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction on this as well. And Martin Lenoble from Porno for Pyros. So almost everybody but Perry Farrell. (laughs) 90s paradise, man. (laughs) We're in it. This is a very, very appropriate 90s cover. This is a, a movie that's all about paranoia of uh, teachers. And it's uh, it's also kind of a super group as far as a cast. This is a movie with everybody in it. So many people in this movie. <laughs> yeah, what a uh, all-star cast. Like 30, 30 people of note. <laughs> a lot of people. Josh Hartnett, John Stewart. Super famous people yeah. that are hardly in it at all. Yeah. Shooter McGavin. Selma Hayek. <laughs> Selma Hayek. <laughs> Selma Hayek. <laughs> yeah. Usher. Usher. Uh, listen Usher. to the Fright Night episode. Yeah. I mentioned Usher. <laughs> Amazing cast. When I, it's funny when I was uh, rewatching it. First of all, there are way too many characters. Like, yeah. what the fuck's going on? Uh, talking about like the Knight's Tale version of like there, there could probably just be like two or three main characters. Yeah. But then it kind of turns into a fun like monster movie thing where characters get picked off, and so you kind of find out, especially since all these people turned out to be way more famous than they were at the time. Mm-hmm. It like is kind of interesting to to find out who the actual main characters are going to be by the time you get to the end of the film. Yeah. This this song was playing during the character introduction. Yeah. yeah. Where like one was, of, <laughs> one of several like uh, stereotypical rolling up in front of the high school like mm-hmm. scenes mm-hmm. and uh literally gives them like a name slate it's like mary beth <laughs> <laughs> i was like whoa and it, it's, it's also like 10 minutes into the movie so like i thought they had missed the window for like uh 
like Snatch or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Credits never stop. <laughs> yeah, I know. It just keeps going. It's, it's like a like, Tim and Eric sketch. <laughs> it's really only like a television or maybe, I mean, I was. Ta- I can't remember. I think I was talking to our friend Trent who was talking about how he didn't like Robert Rodriguez, which is understandable. Robert Rodriguez has done a lot of films that have kind of... Oh, you're not a Spy Kids guy? Missed for me. But, yeah, uh, Spy Kids 3 guy? Spy Kids 2? <laughs> but obviously we did a Desperado uh, episode. I really like Desperado. But he's a, he's a guy that's really into kind of the, the grindhouse kind of like a exploitation film. So mm-hmm. I think uh, there's probably some like low budget like Mexican films where it's like, yeah, you do like the freeze frame and like the intro card to every character or something. It's, I think it's kind of fun. Kind of sucks, but it's supposed to suck. But I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right, I guess. Robert. That's what I've never quite understood about Robert Rodriguez is like, it's like over the top and insane in some parts but people are like, but that's what's great about it. I'm like, okay. I think in this film it works. I think it's a, it's an open question whether the soundtrack's supposed to suck, but that's a question that we're here to answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Nikki, what do we got for track number two? Let's see. This is The Offspring with The Kids Aren't All Right. We were young, the future was so bright. Whoa! The old neighborhood was so alive. Whoa! And every kid on the whole damn street Whoa! was gonna make it big and every beat. Now the neighborhood's cracked and torn. Whoa! The kids are grown up, but the lives are worn. Yeah, baby. That was uh, from the album Americana. That was an album that I owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out when I was in middle school, like sixth, seventh grade. Offspring is kind of a funny band. They didn't start out playing music at all. They just decided, you know, let, we want to start a band. We'll just get the instruments and figure it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. And they chugged away at it for a long time and ended up becoming one of the, you know, the best selling bands of that time period. Yeah. What was on Americana? That was Pretty Fly for a White okay, Guy. I was that was guess. In, in this song were the big hits. Yeah. So Offspring, I think their first album came out probably when I was around like sixth or seventh grade. And the one with like, I can't remember what it's Gotta called, keep Smash or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, come out and come play. Out and play. Smash, yeah. 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 And that was, uh, you know, that was a big album for me. And then this one, it was funny because Pretty Fly for a White Guy, uh, there was something about it when I was in high school. I remember being bummed out and I was like, oh, Offspring. But this song I was into and this song I'm still maybe into. I have a soft spot for Offspring. I yeah. really do. If you go back on like Spotify, you know, and, and look at some of these 90s bands, you're kind of unsurprised by the, the low numbers that it might have for people listening to it today. There's still a ton of people listening to The Offspring. Yeah, that makes sense. On Spotify. I like remember Gen Xers. I remember billions uh, of streams. For some reason, knowing that Dexter, the lead singer, the guy with the the he had like green the dreads, Jake Busey looking dude. Yeah, yeah, he looked like Jake <laughs> oh, Busey. Yeah. He was like a he loved to fly, like John Denver style. I think he had a little Cessna, so he needs those streams. <laughs> send your send your streams, Offspring's way. He's like a he's up in the air. He's looking out for all of us self-esteem was the uh, the one i was thinking of oh yeah that i still love i still it's on my like legit rotation <laughs> um this song was playing during the football uh the opening football scene it's pretty good 
Pretty good. <laughs> Just before the uh, the alien infection, yeah, yeah happens. Yeah. Uh, one thing, one bone to pick. I mean, I probably have plenty of bones to pick. More but, of a uh, bug, really. Uh, Robert Rodriguez is a very Texas guy. Yeah. He likes to set all of his films. He like shoots. He has like a little studio set up in Austin. I think this is in Austin. This whole movie's in Austin. Uh, they they make a point uh, repeatedly by mentioning that they're in Ohio for some reason. <laughs> And it's so very obviously Texas. Everything about it is Texas. <laughs> and even though, like, this is a Texas, this is a high school football town. <laughs> in, okay? Ohio, in, Ohio. in Ohio. In Ohio. <laughs> they, don't, they don't do the accent. But it's uh, the principal's like, this is a high school football town. So the high school football gets whatever they want in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I'm sure they love fucking football in Ohio, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, I don't know why they didn't just... It was obviously it was Ohio in the original script, and then they brought on Robert Rodriguez, and he's like, "I'm just going to do it all here. Just change it to fucking Texas, man." Yeah, yeah, and even like, well, maybe like the Mary Beth thing goes away because she's from, but make her from somewhere else, you know, instead of her from being being from Atlanta. I think yeah. that actress is Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. It's <laughs> all a wash. Just put it in Texas, for God's sakes. All right, Nikki, what do we got next? Oh, this looks interesting. This is track three. This is Creed with I'm 18. So much to talk about. So good. It's bringing back some memories. Oh, yeah. I've got a uh, interesting Creed story. I could probably tell this story. Uh, I think enough time has passed. Okay. And I think uh, some of this is public information at this point. <laughs> but um, Okay. Okay. One of the first uh, albums that I uh, assisted on was for a, uh, for a band called Parallel uh, down in Florida. And we were working with uh, John Kurzweig, who's Creed's engineer. And he was just telling Creed stories <laughs> nonstop. Yeah, this is probably like 14, 13, 14 years ago. Oh, God. And um, one thing that I always remember that he, of uh, the many Scott Stapp stories, he's like, you know, the thing that always I found interesting or that kind of unsettling about uh, Scott Stapp in the whole Creed universe was that it was um, people, it was under this guise of religion. Yeah. Like Creed was this religious band. Well, they but, never copped to it, or they never denied it, but they all their songs were about Jesus, right. sort of. And he Sorry. was like, the whole time we were recording, you know, it was just all cocaine and prostitutes. <laughs> so he's like, just, it never added up. And, uh, you know, Scott Stapp has since, like, had a big downward spiral. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he's on Cameo at this point. Oh, <laughs> fingers crossed. But, oh, um, man. Arms wide open. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought that was, like, super fucking insane. I think we have to mention this is a cover of an Alice Cooper song. This is one of those covers that I think maybe reveals how shitty the original song is. <laughs> and then it's like, when you hear Scott Stapp do it, you're like, oh, wait, these are the fucking lyrics to eight. <laughs> I'm not a huge Alice Cooper guy, but this is... And it was their first kind of breakthrough thing. But Creed, you know, there's like... There's kind of a lineage of worst bands in the world. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of the... It gets... It's a torch that gets passed. Yeah. And... Uh, Creed to Nickelback. Creed to Nickelback. Nickelback to Imagine Dragons. Yeah. But I can't even... I can't work my way back uh, before Creed 
Well, there, there was an old like Mad TV skit that it was like the Pearl Jam voice was also the Creed voice was also the default voice was also the calling voice. Like everyone for a time on the radio sounded like me. Well, that was, uh, I did want to mention that was the last thing I wanted to mention about this track is okay. that I think that this, uh, you mentioned earlier, this came out before, this is probably a year before their big breakthrough album. Mm-hmm. And this is when they're like really lifting the Eddie Vedder or like early uh, like sound, not even Soundgarden. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Stone Temple Pilots. It's like they're doing like the yeah. real 90s voice. And I feel like when Creed kind of came into their own, it like it, it mutated a little bit. So it was like, yeah, it became more Jesus-y and weird. Yeah. And in this one, they're really just trying to sound like uh, like Eddie Vedder. I told you Creed was my first concert, right? <laughs> I don't think you did. Is this like the Human Clay tour? Well, it was the tour after that. It was the Weathered tour. I guess in <laughs> 2000, 2001, they had another album called Weathered, and that had yeah. My Sacrifice. Yeah. I went with um, <laughs> two of my friends and one of their moms, and she stayed with us the whole uh, concert. And she's cool. She, you know, it was a fun time. We were in eighth grade. And the mom was like, all right, so they just played with arms wide open. Uh, now they're going to do an encore. So we, if we keep cheering, they're going to come back and play the single from their new album. <laughs> she was totally right. <laughs> it was like, it's my sacrifice. Came back up. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think Tantric opened for them. Oh, my God. They were bad. Let's throw um, them. <laughs> all right, Nikki, what do we have next? We're coming in on track number four. This is Degeneration with Helpless. Ah, turn it off. <laughs> you heard that correct. You heard that correct. It's another original song. <laughs> Looking at some other things from uh, 1998 that you may remember. There is the uh, debut of Baby One More Time. Uh, it was 1998. Yeah. Oh, nice. nice. Uh, 1998 also marked the premiere of TRL on MTV. Oh, my God. It was that late? That late. And okay. uh, Furby, Year of the Furby. <laughs> And uh, also, strangely, uh, 1998, the year that uh, Viagra was passed by the uh, FDA. I um, I thought Viagra was a weight loss drug. Uh, How'd that work time. out for you? Well, I made like a comment about it in front of my parents, and like with the punchline having it being a weight loss drug. But um, they just looked at me like I had three heads, and they're like, <laughs> "What are you talking about?" Oh no! I remember what it was. Um, like some, there was a ski ski run called Niagara, and someone had etched it out. And my dad was like, "Ah, oh, you're 13. Maybe you can get this joke." So look at somebody um, scratched out that end to make it a V. So it's Viagra, and I was like, "Yeah, like first it's fat, and then it's thin." <laughs> the run, and he's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> like right? right i don't know anybody it's <laughs> like oh god do i have to have a talk with you about oh, how sex hilarious. works or something yeah don't know much about uh degeneration i think this was a song that just maybe didn't make it onto an album that got selected for a soundtrack yeah didn't make it into the movie from anything i could find either i think i heard this i think one of the characters pulls up and this is playing in their one of the high schoolers that's playing in their car 
Oh, that could be the case. Um, this is, <laughs> it's kind of the last gasp, or maybe maybe that's not true. But uh, if you watch movies now about high schoolers, it's like the the kind of the way that they portray high schoolers is completely like everybody in this school, even before there's aliens involved are being so fucking mean to each other. It's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. People are, just like, people are just, like, hitting each other in the face and, like, nutting people on the flagpole. Dude, oh, what yeah. they do to Kids Elijah jerks, Wood, man. they, like, you know, they, like, tar and feather, or, or like, you know, they put him on the rack, stretch him out, and then run his balls into the flagpole. I'm like, that's, like, assault and, like, weird sexual assault. <laughs> there's, like, so many... There's, like, these scenes where it just pans and in the background you see a couple and <laughs> the girl's just, like, slapping the guy in the face. It's pretty oh, wild. It's, it's... That's a part that when you talk about something being, like, over the top, I love that the normal parts of this movie are, like, over the top in that way. Yeah. It kind of sets you up for, like, the horror parts. Of yeah, Elijah Wood well. discovers a, uh, a weird... Um, like tentacle thing. Tentacle like thing on the thing. Yeah. football field field and uh reports to uh his biology teacher played by john stewart, john stewart. <laughs> dude everyone shits on elijah and his home life is awful <laughs> and he's like eating lunch on the bleachers <laughs> and the, the football coach the is like football coach. how are you fucking loser right. get off the bleachers. kind of the main bad guy through most of the movie is robert the football patrick. coach robert patrick who T2. is amazing uh t2000 or no, the T one thousand, T one thousand, and T two, and T two, Terminator Judgment, and then he later say that three times fast. He uh, he replaced uh, on the X Files. He replaced David Duchovny mm-hmm. when David Duchovny left. He's so good in this. Yeah, he's you know a lot of times you watch movies like this and you kind of get a feeling that a lot of the actors are unaware of like what movie they're in, mm-hmm. and some of some of them nail it. And in this one, Robert Patrick is so amazing. But a lot of people nail it in this. I would say maybe Fomka Jansen's a little. I don't know what she's doing. Yeah, that was. I did not understand uh, her purpose in the film. Sorry. I thought it was Famke. Famke is it Famke Jansen? Uh, <laughs> it's whatever you want, man. Famke Jansen. Um, <laughs> Say you think it was Famke? <laughs> I, I, I corrected you. I believe it's Famke. All right. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, yeah, she's got that weird relationship with Josh Hartnett, and yeah, I mean, we can get into it in a little bit, but. <laughs> Well, but they're trying to do so when when all the faculty when they get possessed they like kind of glam up and become more confident mm-hmm. and so i think the idea behind that character is that she was supposed to be meek and kind of mousy but they cast like a literal supermodel so it's really bizarre <laughs> it's like kind of the worst version of the she's all that yeah where it's like put some glasses on her and a sweater or something like, and she's like trying so hard to be like i'm not a supermodel yeah you're like what's this really attractive teacher doing like groveling or like <laughs> unable to speak to josh hartnett it's so weird but to your point about robert patrick just crushing it in this movie oh my god he's he's great and it, yeah as t1000 too he's great just like having something a little off with him and that's kind of the point of this movie it's like something's going on with all these teachers but they're still themselves but like he has a very much like, you're like, what's wrong with that guy? I can't put my finger on it, but something, something's wrong with that dude. Oh, man, the scenes where it's like uh, Elijah Wood just looks out the window. <laughs> Football coach is just standing in the sprinklers. <laughs> it's <pretty> Arms <laughs> folded. <laughs> Let's hear a little bit of track five. This is Soul Asylum with Schools Out.
we've already got our second uh, Alice, Alice Cooper Alice cover. cover. <laughs> uh, Very good. Soul Asylum was one of those bands when I was, this is like prime time for Caleb growing up, alternative band. Soul Asylum was a band that everybody knew. And I don't remember one person being like hyped on Soul Asylum. It was just like, I can't even remember what their song was, but they were a, a band that was like a big band. Yeah, I re-listened to them today. It's just like some, uh, you know, some rock music. But yeah, my memory of them was like maybe more amazing or something. I don't know. Yeah, I guess maybe I, I remember, I think Collective Soul is pretty good. Collective <laughs> I think Soul. Maybe, maybe some of that rubs off. You, on and my, uh, you and my dad might have something to talk about. <laughs> That's right. Let them know. Collective Soul's back. All this uh, Alice Cooper is making me think of his uh, great cameo in uh, the first Wayne's World where they meet him and they're like expecting him to be like a party monster and he's like playing this kind of like historical teacher. Yeah. He's like, like well, actually, uh, Milwaukee, it's pronounced uh, Milwaukee. And they're like, oh, okay. This yeah. guy knows very, how to party. Very good, Thomas. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> he kind of is that character. Yeah, yeah. That's he's the like, funny. He's like a golfer now. Yeah, he's but way he, into golf. He still has like the long weird hair. <laughs> so you see him with like a <laughs> like eyeliner. Yeah, with like, you know, a, a Nike hat and like, you know, golfing attire, but he's got like the long hair like tucked yeah. back. Uh, Total so asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to hear a little bit of uh, track six? Please, please. This is Garbage with Medication. was a uh, another album that i owned as well from garbage 2.0 the one with the orange cover that song i think i'm paranoid was the popular one from that mm-hmm. i was big into i think i saw garbage a few times live when i was in high school they were uh you know if you asked like uh like 17 year old caleb like garbage or radiohead who's gonna it's like i don't know they're both great <laughs> who are you putting bets on <laughs> I like garbage, and I think Pacific Northwest for sure. I'm sure they loved garbage. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, garbage. We've talked about them before. I think they were kind of a studio group. A lot of the uh, Shirley Manson was in another band, but everybody else involved, I think, were kind of record producers and people, like older people with already like uh, commercial success. Yeah, we could give a shout out to Butch Vig, the drummer who uh, engineered um, Nirvana's Nevermind. The Pre- song pretty awesome. The song was a plan when Josh Hartnett and Mary Beth were making out in the storeroom. I guess he was stealing all his drugs, sort of. I got... Okay, so yeah. Josh Hartnett's character. I got a few things to say. Bowl cut. The weird hair. It's like (laughs) feathered feathered out on the side. I don't know what's going on. It's a bowl cut with like messy sides. It's such a bad haircut. Everyone's bangs in this movie are insane. (laughs) So many bad He makes homebrew ecstasy that somehow saves the day. Oh, I think... Okay, I think part of the reason that we're supposed to understand that this is Ohio is that it makes complete sense that the world's saved by uh, like a meth lab because this is i think they, <laughs> yeah, they exactly they really do a lot of tiptoeing around the fact that this guy decided to 
to go back to high school for one extra year just so he can deal meth to students. And his lab is a lab. Yeah, it's a meth lab. In his home, there's there are like uh, there's so many beakers and so many like <laughs> Bunsen burners. It takes up an entire garage. He has live mice to test things on, which is a whole another level of insanity. Like, yeah, I've got a little lab, but it's like, no, I'm doing animal testing in my garage. There's a few throwaway lines of like, what's in that? And he's like, oh, it's mostly just like. Uh, caffeine pills caffeine and some household stuff but it's like oh man it's fucking so they figure out like if uh, he's dealing meth to danny masterson (laughs) (laughs) hollywood's gone someone is infected and they take his uh homebrew drugs that will like uh you know kill them it dries you out baby so uh that's kind of their like method of testing if people are infected or not yeah it's the solution craziness hey man it makes more sense than the fucking signs than that Shyamalan movie where it's like water (laughs) even though it's in a movie that i love a movie that i love Uh, Oh, and they chose to go to a planet that is covered in water. 75% water or 66%. These, these fucking uh, Ohio shrimp aliens don't know anything about methamphetamine. <laughs> they, they don't know what they're getting into. Yeah, they yeah. weren't expecting that. This is a wild <laughs> plot line. She made this good. Made Sage Ohio again. <laughs> All right, Nikki, what do we got next? Coming in on track seven. This is Stabbing Westward with Haunting Me. Stabbing Westward, I remember when they kind of popped up in the 90s, they were kind of like a more accessible slash shittier Nine Inch Nails, where it was kind of, they were obviously wanted to be Nine Inch Nails, but I think they were like maybe better looking and uh, more marketable. Ah, Nine Inch Nails, too strong. Here, what try this. You know, <laughs> I want to fuck you ah, like okay. an animal, and everybody's like, oh, okay. A little intense. It's like, what if we don't curse in our songs? It's like, well, that's better. <laughs> Diet Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, it's true. Uh, I think this song plays in the credits or something. I don't remember no, it's, it. It's in the locker room scene. Where, oh, is it? Uh, Sean Hatosi kind of saves Elijah Wood from Usher. She's just like so mean to him. <laughs> Elijah Wood's just in the locker room, and they're just like, hey, you suck. <laughs> I'm going to fuck you up. And he's like, what? He's <laughs> sitting here. Oh, poor Elijah Wood. But John Hattosi, Hattosi, is that how you say his last yeah, name? Yeah, I can't remember what his last name is. He, uh, he kind of saves him with like a misdirection. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't stick up for him, but he's like, hey, how about that football game guy? Huh? <laughs> I like how he rolls it. He's like, hey. And somebody's like, oh, hey, man. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, hey. Like, Sorry, we were just doing a thing. Am I interrupting? No, you're good. <laughs> Uh, part of my like character bloat at the beginning is that I also you see like people like Usher and you're like oh shit Usher's in this like what is he one of the main characters no no he's just like hardly yeah, in it man. but this is hardly his first first film this yeah. is uh, way before he found Justin Bieber up in Canada oh god <laughs> that video of him just like staring at Justin like a, an 11 year old <laughs> dancing and just like you see like cartoon dollar signs appear in his eyes <laughs> he's just like cha-ching <laughs> Oh, man. We need to do, like, an Usher film festival because, like, what, uh, She's All That? Wasn't he in that one? Yeah. Yeah, he was in She's All That. He was the DJ in She's All That. Yeah, we'll do, like, a virtual Usher uh, film festival. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We just do uh, the Shia LaBeouf thing where we ran out of theater and we just play them all and we just sit there and, like, cry and laugh. Oh, man. God. (laughs) 
Uh, we haven't talked about the the principal yet. Oh, B.B. Uh, Newirth. B.B. Newirth, who was uh, Lilith from Cheers and Frasier. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she does a great job in this. Stone Cold Fox. Stone Cold Fox. Oh, my gosh. When uh, She's really, really good. I think that she was a famous Broadway actress um, before she was on Cheers. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was watching this and I was thinking about Cheers, it like struck me that the conceit of that kind of uh, part of that show was that her husband, Frazier, yeah. it was, I think he was a psychologist. Psychiatrist. Yeah. A psychiatrist in Boston who just wanted to hang out in his bar and get drunk all day. But he had this wife who was such a nag. She didn't want to hang out in a bar all day. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I'm like... Wait a minute, what? <laughs> I mean, under um, you know, under scrutiny, every character in Cheers is a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like a dark dark show except for Sam. The postman <laughs> who in between like things on his route is like <laughs> slamming beers. <laughs> This is a bummer. <laughs> Everybody knows. You got George Went, who is just like, you know, an NPC, like non-playable computer character at the bar. Like, <laughs> I think he's like a house painter or something. Yeah, just, oh, I thought he was like an author or something, but yeah. Everybody's just drunk. Fantastic. Blind drunk all day long. <laughs> One of the best. <laughs> Did you ever go to that uh, Cheers bar in Boston? I went by it. I never went in. I went there a couple of times. It was a drag. <laughs> I was like, can we talk about the the name stabbing westward for a minute and just like, yeah, wielding a knife, flailing a knife in a general direction is what I think of stabbing mm-hmm. westward. In another world, they would be like the Jefferson Starship of Go West. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, something something like happened in the Matrix. Go, like, go West, yeah, like mm. 90s pivot. It's like yeah. you can call us, uh, you can call us uh, stabbing west. Actually, stabbing westward yeah, is what was, we're going by now. It was, well, it started as go. Music changed a little go bit. Go west. Yeah. We yeah, gotta then. change the. Yeah, we gotta change with the music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty insane. <laughs> All right, okay. Where are we at? We are coming into track number eight. This is Flick. Maybe someday. Big news, guys. This was not included in the film. This is a bonus track on the soundtrack. We're so lucky. How excited are you guys? This is an Easter egg. Yeah. Every once in a while, you see a band's name on Wikipedia and it's a dead link. I don't know know anything (laughs) about it. It's a digital cul de sac flicks uh, (laughs) Wikipedia page. (laughs) I guess by the end of the film, this is a film with Jordana Brewster in it, her Mm -hmm. first film, uh, famous for the Fast and Furious films. And then also uh, Clea Duvall, who our very first episode, Can't Hardly Wait. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is also kind of an all-star cast Yeah, listeners, go back and listen to our very first episode. Yeah, maybe maybe listen to our last few episodes. I think we've gotten better. Uh, Clea Duvall is also in Veep. She plays a a pretty prominent role in Veep. She's great. She's like the female Secret Service agent. Uh, who ends up like in a relationship with the president's daughter. It's great. 
I think also there was an HBO show called Carnival. I think she was like the yes. female lead in that. Yes, I she remember was. that. With, uh, yeah, yeah. Nick Stahl, who was in <laughs> Terminator 3. There we go. Baby. Connection. John, John Connor in that one. <laughs> We've been um, talking about Terminator quite a bit these days, guys. Yeah. Might be time to do that soundtrack. <laughs> On the brain, all the score. <laughs> uh, Jordana Brewster is so mean in this movie. <laughs> she is so mean to her boyfriend. She is uh, flinging slurs with uh, <laughs> with no regard for human well-being. She is uh, Claire Duvall. Not a pleasant character. I think it's, at first I was a little bit unsettled by the prominence of this character, but then I think there's a nice twist where about halfway through the film, she turns out to have been taken over by aliens and kind of mm-hmm. disappears. Where you're kind of like, she's being built up as maybe the final girl, and then she's out of the picture. Yeah. And that's like kind of like the fun. Yeah, kind of the, the Mexican standoff sort of thing here is, it's very fun in this well, movie. That's you like can't a, trust anybody. Yeah, yeah, there's a one scene that's definitely a takeoff of uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, mm-hmm. where they're uh, testing the blood. Everybody's tied down, and they're testing the blood with the, the flamethrower. And this is their, but they're fucking forcing these high school to do math they're snorting math out of a pen like so why do they have to do the whole pen by the way hey man you gotta do it it's the only way to tell you can't half trip dude come on um yeah that, that scene's great i i thought yeah they're in um josh hartnett's garage and they're all testing it by snorting the the stuff and um i thought it'd be funny if they just go can we just kill delilah like i don't know if she's an alien or not but i don't think anyone would be <laughs> angry at us if we thought she was an alien and she has been horrible so i just vote that we kill her and then just we just get done with it and we can move on all right nikki where are we at we are coming up on a break oh coming up on a break so Uh, soon at the end of the episode we're going to add a song another song to the tracklist in spotify playlist uh in honor of the faculty our favorite song about school our school song School song. And then I think we maybe have a game after the break. I've got a spooky game for you guys. A game. <laughs> Was it like Halloween every week now on track it's listing? Halloween every happening? week. Yeah. Uh, it's maybe November now when you're listening to this. But, I was uh, confused on the date. It is uh, Halloween in our heart. It's Halloween in my heart. So it's a spooky game. So stay tuned. All right, listeners, stick with us. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to the Tracklisting Podcast. We want to hear from you. So if you've got a soundtrack recommendation, a suggestion, a review, uh, did I mispronounce something, or uh, if you just want to hurl insults at us, or you just want to say, hey, uh, please reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram at Tracklisting Podcast, Twitter at Tracklisting Pod, or email us tracklistingpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, uh, why don't you tell a friend that you think might enjoy it as well? Uh, Or maybe tell two. Yeah. And they tell two friends. And And they they tell tell two friends. friends. And they (laughs) tell two friends. (laughs) That's how you start a movement. And also, uh, if you like the recommendations we've got, uh, you can check out our official track listing playlist on Spotify. Yeah. Tell tell people about the the playlist on Spotify. And then they'll tell two friends. And and they'll tell tell two friends. friends. (laughs) We love y'all. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Welcome back to the Faculty Soundtrack. But before we get back, we do have a game prepared by Mr. Chris. That's correct. I've got a new game for you guys called Horror Scorer. Uh-oh. Okay. More spooky stuff. More spooky stuff. I'm going to test you guys' knowledge and horror movie themes. 
All okay. right. Okay, this is a very simple game. I'm going to play the theme of a classic horror film. You guys have to tell me what the movie is. I think I understand. Okay. Yeah. Do you need me to explain it again? So you're going to play... Yeah. No, I don't Physically. understand. Physically. <laughs> okay, right. yeah. All right. I'm ready. Simple stuff. How let's, many rounds? We got five rounds. Five, five rounds. rounds. Let's play clue number one. Here we go. I think I got that. Yeah. Caleb? I was thinking Are we maybe, playing together? Yeah. yeah All sure. right, let's do it. I was thinking maybe it was Psycho, right? Was it the stabby strings, but not the not the big, like, eek, eek, eek. I was at first, but I'm going to say that that is um, Friday the 13th with the little thing at the end where it's like, shh, shh, shh. That is correct. It, it is, is Friday, Friday the 13th. 13th and right. Nick picked up on the, the identifying thing. With the, <laughs> it was just that that gave it away. I was oh, going to wow. say Psycho. Yeah. Yeah, it seems a lot older than. Okay. Well, it was 1980. People forget. It was an old ass movie. Maybe yeah. I'm going to be bad at this. And All also right. people forget that it was the sister that was the murderer. That's right. End. That's right. Not actually Jason Voorhees. That's correct. Friday Who's the, the, the mother? Mother. Excuse me. <laughs> Same thing. Everyone forgets. <laughs> Never, no one knows. Even you. <laughs> Even myself. Clue two. Right, let's hear clue right, two. Clue. Is there a horror movie that is like Christmas oriented? It kind of sounded like holiday twinkles. Mm-hmm. Jack Frost. Sounds very <laughs> 80s. Wait, this isn't, is this Christmas related? It is not Christmas related. Okay. okay. Uh, I was thinking, is it maybe Nightmare on Elm Street? I like no. that. No. It is not Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, can we hear that clue one more time? Hit it. Do you have a year on this? 1988. 88, so it's later than I thought. Um, it's not Halloween. It's not like a Phantasm, uh, Hellraiser. Hellraiser, but that's... The original Hellraiser was earlier than 88. Mm-hmm. I could guess. Um, what year was Evil Dead? I don't think it's Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Earlier than that. Um, 81, I think, was the first Evil Dead. you have any more hints? <laughs> Uh, this spawned a multitude of sequels. It's one of the most popular horror movie franchises of all time. Doesn't have to do with Christmas, but it might Thanksgiving have to do with <laughs> toys. Oh, Puppet Master? Child's Play. Chucky. It is oh, Child's, Child's Play. play. It is Child's Play. Child's Play. Very good deducing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. I can't believe we figured that out. I don't know if I've seen... Maybe I've seen Wasn't parts it of Aubrey Child's Plaza Play. Wasn't just in the new Chucky? She was. Yeah. She was. I just, yeah. I don't know if I've seen an entire Chucky movie. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> There's a... Okay, talk about what we talked about a lot in um, uh, the Fright Night episode. It's like a lot of nobody believing the main character. <laughs> 
That's a toy. What are you talking about? The boy who cried toy. (laughs) Should we hear clue three? Clue three, please. I didn't know Disney made a horror movie. <laughs> All right. So in my mind, I'm sure that it's one of three films. Okay. Okay. Let's narrow it down. My first guess is Gremlins. Okay. Possibly Gremlins 2. My third is Arachnophobia, but I think this is Gremlins, right? It is Gremlins. Okay. Oh, a Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The darkest Christmas movie of all time. But this one's so cartoony. And I was like, wait, is this from the second one where they're like in a, <laughs> a new batch? That's with the young Jennifer Aniston. Uh, no, that no, is no. Leprechaun. Oh, uh, classic mistake. <laughs> classic the mistake. first Gremlins is fucking good. First Gremlins is great. Also responsible for Too um, scary. the PG-13 rating. Because it was rated oh, yeah, PG. Yeah. And it was horrifying <laughs> for like a lot of children. <laughs> what, had, what was the MPAA thinking on that one? Because there was, there was no there, PG-13. It was just an on and off switch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's amazing. Should All we right. hear some of Clue 4? Yeah, we got two more to get to. Let's get through them real quick. All right. Boom, boom, boom. Wait. Wait, what? That wasn't the one I... Can you play that again? Clue four. I didn't... That wasn't what I put in there. Maybe I made a mistake, but hit that again. Stop the podcast. Did you record that? (laughs) Did you put that in there? (laughs) You're all gonna die. Stop the podcast. (laughs) Wait... (laughs) Did you put that in there? No. Chris, is that, is that your voice? Oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> We've been hijacked. Wait, what? It was supposed to be Leprechaun. I put the theme from Leprechaun there. Is this, uh, is this <laughs> some, wait, some Chris's voice wait, acting? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I think I heard podcast. Play clue number five. Hold on. Hang on. Play clue number five. Wait break. a minute. Me again. Um, did your podcast to listen? Uh, and I liked it. I really liked it. So disregard previous message. Um, you know, subscribe to you guys, you find yourself a new listener. Alright, take care. <laughs> okay, I guess we're fine. Wow. Jeez. Oh, Somebody man. hacked into the game, left a, a scary message, and then retracted it once they listened to our podcast. Like, can, can I hear that message one more time? <laughs> yeah, if you can decipher it. I, I just want to make sure I know who that is. Before you play, I'm pretty sure that's it's Saw, right? Saw is what we're listening to? Yeah. Oh, that is Saw. Yeah, yeah okay. No, that, I thought, five is Saw. I think it's the first, I think it's the first Saw. I think Bane just left us a voicemail. <laughs> Let me hear Clue 5 again. Me again. Um, did your podcast to listen? Uh, and I liked it. I really liked it, so disregard previous message. Um, and you know, subscribe to you guys, you find yourself a new listener. Alright, take care. What a friendly guy. <laughs> hey, what a friendly know, guy. Love our fans here. Um, <laughs> Spooky. Alright, horror score, that's the new game. Oh, Thank right. you guys. Alright, I'm scared stupid. <laughs> Happy Halloween once again, everybody. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I was I was um, I was locked and loaded in like five uh, ha- like um, horror scores that yeah I thought that was like off. the Bane origin story <laughs> horror movie I, I was hoping know. for like Suspiria or yeah, yeah. anyways oh, yeah. yeah that was good Thank well you, I, w- I have to save some for the next time we do a scary movie we can Ooh. do horror scorer again <laughs> maybe, maybe we think of a better name for horror scorer uh, we love hearing I, I from know. our fans here on track listing <laughs> yeah. and very sweet message <laughs> should we dive back into the soundtrack let's do it let's do it. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous <laughs> keep it you can edit it out <laughs> we are coming back in on track number nine this is Cheryl Crow with Resuscitation Pretty early Cheryl Crow. Yeah, Cheryl Crow popping up again. We talked about her on our Practical Magic episode mm-hmm. oh, yeah. for the uh, two songs that she wrote with uh, Stevie Nicks for that soundtrack. That's right. Yeah. This is probably early yeah. enough that she hadn't even uh, met Lance Armstrong. That must have been a real weird relationship. <laughs> oh, boy. Can't imagine. Man, I read that dude's book, and he was talking about how much he loved his wife, and like a month after it came out, he left her for Cheryl Crow. <laughs> <laughs> God, you piece of garbage. What a champ. It's not about the bike, was the name of the book. It's about the bike. <laughs> oh, man. Um, that song was mixed by uh, Chad Blake. Love Chad Blake. Very uh, well-known, well-regarded mixing engineer. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Chad. This is playing when um, Mary Beth, the new girl from Alabama, or from uh, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, is talking to Stokely, Clea Duvall, the goth girl. Uh, Mary Beth, I'm not the evil alien from Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, it's a great twist. It's a great twist. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler. It's a little bit of like if John Carpenter's the thing, if the dog had been with them the entire time, the dog that just like rolled into the camp at the very beginning mm-hmm. and they never suspected that the dog was the thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's this like weird girl with this weird accent that's like hanging around with you that nobody knows. I will say it caught me by surprise. Oh, did it? Yeah, it really did. <laughs> I never expected it, you know, because you think like, oh, it's the coach. You think it's the coach the whole time that he was the first like patient zero. No, but, but the first scene is that you see somebody come up on him and he's being a dickhead coach and then somebody oh. comes up behind him. And so you're supposed to know. I think you're supposed to believe that it was the other teacher, the older teacher. Oh, uh, uh, Lori Piper. Yeah. From Twin Peaks. But uh, these little bugs are terrifying. <laughs> yeah. One thing I want to say about the bugs. Okay. Is that there's a notion where if they kill the queen bug, everybody's going to be just fine who got, in, got infested go back with to bugs. The before it's times. Not how it would work. Uh, <laughs> but these are also. <laughs> it's like once you get infested with bugs, like people are getting their heads cut off and then their heads are creeping back onto their bodies. <laughs> yeah. And we're supposed to believe that they just kind of like, oh, what happened? Like, yeah, Famke Jansen's uh, head <laughs> puts itself back on the body. Yeah, yeah. But like um, even early on, one of the first people that you know has been infected is John Stewart. Yeah. 
John Stewart with the uh, he's also been infected by a goatee, which yeah. is like a little <laughs> bummed out about that, also, especially. Shooter McGavin and John Stewart oh, yeah, got together she... and were like, Are we doing goatees for this movie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never again. What is that actor's name movie? that plays Shooter McGavin? Uh, Chris McDonald, yeah, I think? Chris McDonald. Yeah, it, when he showed up, I was like, Man, this uh, is just a <laughs> Christopher <laughs> McDonald, yeah, star studded cast, yeah, but everyone has these little tiny parts. But uh, John Stewart gets his fingers cut off. Mm-hmm. And they become little shrimpy fingers and like squirrel away. And you're just like, there's no fucking coming back from that, man. Yeah. And his eye, he gets stabbed in the eye. Which, so at the end of the movie, double spoiler alert, it kind of goes through all the, like the many, many cameos in this movie. And it shows an image, like a quick, like little cut of Jon Stewart with an eye patch and a hand bandage. What's and you're the- like, that's a deleted scene that never made it back into the movie no i think it was a joke because you're is showing every other character from parts in the movie Mm -hmm. it's like one of those things that does at the end of some movies especially like kind of b movies and then when it gets to him instead of showing a part where it's showing him like recovered but it's like famka johnson's like head is like back on but he's like still missing fingers and has an eye patch it's kind of funny but then it, it was confusing because it also showed mary beth and you're like, wait, was she just a student that got infected or was she just, did she like have just a skin suit that's, there's no real Mary Beth? Was that an alien? Unsolved mystery. Unsolved mystery. Yeah. There might be like a Georgia town that's completely fucked. <laughs> I don't know. There's also fucking, at the end of the movie, Mary, Mary Kay Letourneau or whatever is in the stands. just like, hey. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, <laughs> the yeah, real monster. Get out of here. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> You guys want to hear some of track 10? Yeah. This is Neve with It's Over Now. generic 90s nonsense what do you guys think about that track speaking of scream uh, we got a uh, we got niv campbell's band no i don't know i don't know anything about the band yeah exactly uh but the song scrubbed sounds, from the internet the song is so familiar just in its uh generic 90sness it's like that yeah you feel like you've heard it before but you haven't so i know that guy yeah i th- i feel like i have heard him <laughs> Uh, this is playing when Elijah Wood is making out with or Casey is his name in the movie, and he's making out with Delilah, which nobody saw that one coming. Um, there's one. I mean, where, the the nerdy screenwriter probably saw that. that yeah. That's like a very much. I kind of liked at the end that the hero was kind of the the kid that was bullied through the whole thing, but then at the end when it's like he's a hero and he gets the hot girl, I'm like, oh, this is toxic. She was so mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even before the aliens. Uh, <laughs> but there, okay, there was. I wanted to during the conversation that Casey and Stokely were having, like, okay, aliens coming to Earth. They kind of acknowledge that, like. Yeah, Body Snatchers happened, Puppet Master happened, but uh, the take that they had on it was pretty good and that, like, maybe aliens have been pumping us propaganda and so that when a real alien invasion happens, we're like, oh, that could never happen. Like, they were, like, sowing disinformation, you know, which mm. I thought was kind of cool. It and- was... I couldn't tell if it was before or after any of them had started, like, fucking huffing the... <laughs> 
the homemade speed. <laughs> it was before. It Josh was before. Hartnett's uh, amazing homebrew. <laughs> scat <laughs> is scat. what they called it. But, yeah, uh, they called it scat. Yeah, Elijah Wood's character is like really is like maybe Spielberg's an alien. <laughs> You're like, all right, man. <laughs> all right, <dude. laughs> um, but uh, in addition to that, I guess Mary Beth at one point sort of talks about like flipping the genre on its head by being like. Yeah, like the jock is trying to be smart and like the burnout is actually like the savior and then like the the loser is really the most courageous one and you're like, "Oh yeah, all the um like the normal like genre traits of these characters are sort of flipped in a yeah, weird yeah. way." Which I thought was cool, but then he, he spelled it out in the movie. But being like, <laughs> "Isn't that clever that that happened in this movie?" Classic trope flip. <laughs> yeah, but uh, would you? I don't know. Yeah, I thought it. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought just like the prologue was a little gross. I think so. Elijah Wood. This is supposedly the performance that got him in the running for the Lord of the Rings films. He's great in this. He runs really well. I see this. the connection. He's, no, just, he's uh, running all over well, the place. He, he was like a child actor, and I think uh, Peter Jackson wanted. He was looking at all like British actors for his role, and it's like we got a little guy that just wants to do his best. <laughs> Like, he scrambles really good. <laughs> if you see him in this movie, he's like his run acting is really he's slipping and sliding, running yeah, what's, all. What's his line to the coach at the beginning, where you know the football coach is like, uh, "Yeah, you should join the team," and he's like, "Well, I I don't believe human beings should run unless they're being chased." Yeah, and the coach like, is like, oh, "I like that. <laughs> I like that. It's terrifying, dude. The coach is so good." I'm uh, very curious to hear this next track. Just uh, reading ahead. Which I have not heard yet. Uh, do you guys want to hear track 11? Let's do it. Please. This is Sean Mullins with David Bowie's Changes. So I turn myself to face me But I, I never caught a glimpse Of how the others must see the faker I'm much too fast to take that test Wow, wow, wow. That is a <laughs> extremely 90s cover of David Bowie's Changes. It's There's probably, no two ways about it. It's probably <sighs> been uh, maybe a, just a little bit over a year since we were sitting down here listening to the Wallflowers cover David Bowie doing their Heroes version. I wonder if David Bowie oh, ever heard man. that cover. Because he, he usually liked to hear or be involved with his music being used in movies like in A Knight's Tale. Yeah. He showed up at the studio and then disappeared into a cloud of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, this this is the second uh, song in the credits, and I uh, was not prepared for it. I was oh I God. laughed out loud because I was like, "Oh, the movie's over! Oh, what is this?" I was yeah, I was watching uh, I was watching it with Steph, and she was obviously not paying attention to the credits. And when this came on, I, I think she just like threw her phone onto the couch. Like, what? <laughs> so bad. Sean, and also, we almost made it out. We almost made it out. <laughs> almost scot free without a David Bowie cover. <laughs> I don't know if we'll have the opportunity to talk about how many people that we haven't discussed are in this movie. We talked about John Stewart. With this. Let's get a full running list. Uh, it's got Kruger, uh, Mr. Oh, Kruger yeah. from Seinfeld is in it. He's he was a, also he's in uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, he yeah, was, yeah. The, the military school like dude with one arm. There you go. It's got, uh, we said, Usher, Salma Hayek, Danny Masterson. 
It's got the other dude from um, Dazed and Confused. What's uh, his name? One of the there's a character that's always fighting with her boyfriend in the background. Yeah, and that is I can't remember the actress's first name, but it's the youngest Phoenix sibling. Uh, the, uh, summer phoenix yeah summer phoenix name. she's like oh, bouncing river around. phoenix that's in joaquin phoenix's yeah yeah her sister <laughs> yeah she's like <laughs> bouncing around in the background jeez what no a family idea. no idea salma hayek who, who salma hayek i think got one of her first like uh american film roles was in dust till dawn and then she was in so desperado good. desperado so, uh, so obviously like a robert rodriguez like uh you know fan but uh the fact that she like shows up at the beginning you're like oh salma hayek i forgot she was in this and it's, you forget because she doesn't ever comes back <laughs> yeah she gets murdered pretty quick well she's in a little bit of it but i don't know yeah she gets murked <laughs> you guys want to jump into track 12 let's do it let's do it this is oasis with stay young Uh, I love Oasis, man. Oasis is great. Here in America, it's like those two first records were so huge. And then I think they continued to be huge in England and Europe for a while after that. But those albums... So this is the lead single off of their third album that I don't remember hearing much at all. They're, um, you know, two brothers that have just... We've talked about a bunch on the podcast that notoriously fight with each other, mostly on Twitter these days. They're just always in a Twitter war with each other. Can't be Um, bothered to actually speak. Even as of, like, the past, like, couple of months, um, fans were reaching out to them and asking if there was going to be a reunion or a possible reunion. And, you know, Noel's response is like... Liam is a fat man in an overcoat. <laughs> it's like, guys, it's they're just like calling each other like potatoes. It's, it's just, it's just insane. I think maybe they're doing it just for the, uh, you know, just for the attention at this point. So whenever they actually do have something to promote, you know, people pay attention to it. Yeah. I don't know. I think they hate each other. I do. I, do, I think they do too, but I think they have to have each other to make money. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're shackled to Necessary each other. Necessary evil yeah. brother. One of them did a solo record like a year or two ago that I think did pretty okay. But it's, you know, Kelsey was asking like, like, oh, oh wait, like, so this is the first song on the credits. And she was like, oh, why do you guys hate them? And I'm like, it's not that we hate them. <laughs> it's that they're extremely rated, like extremely overrated. They're miserable, and they they jacked a bunch of songs. They, yeah, st- <laughs> yeah. What is it? Yeah, sticky fingers. They uh, dickheads. They're, extre- they're dickheads. Sticky fingered dickheads who hate each other. They're not as good as <laughs> as what they claim to be, and they're extremely arrogant and can't stop fighting. Like it's yeah. just, it'd be one thing if they were what they were but then they just didn't bicker and didn't claim mm-hmm. they were bigger than the beatles and all that sort of stuff but they do all that stuff oh right yeah that was their claim yeah bigger than the beatles just like shut up and they could have been <laughs> fine you know <laughs> as we are pulling into track 13 let's listen the last track this is class of 99 once again with another brick in the wall mm-hmm. 
I read that title, I was trying to figure out which, uh, you know, because we had heard another Brick in the Wall part two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, maybe they're going to do part one from the wall, which is the little like, I think this it's is kind of a softer version. It's supposedly part one. Maybe not. But this just sounds like they're they decided to do like a big unnecessary like instrumental Jamie version of part two. <laughs> well, I think that this might have been used in the movie more. I don't remember if the uh, vocals ever really show up in the movie. This was kind of score. Yeah, the vocals do show up at, at one point, but very briefly. But this is used sort of a score throughout the movie in certain parts during the football game specifically is what I remember. I'm very surprised that this song has showed up on the soundtrack. I mean, Roger Waters or like Pink Floyd must have needed money at the time. Yeah. Which, which is, is kind of what happened when they were making that album as well mm-hmm. before, you know, it was like the... They did the album and there was a tour and then, then there was that really weird movie with Bob Geldof. Yeah. But, you know, they made the album. They were out of money at the time. They had tried to put all of their pre-tax royalty earnings into venture capitalism and it went belly up Oof. after they had made some demos. Yeah. And they needed the, the wall to be like financially... They needed, you know, yeah. it was do or die. Golly. And I think they were in like about 12 million pounds of debt when they were that they were trying to make happen with that album and you know it became one it's ostensibly the best selling concept album of all time yeah so yeah i mean they totally found a hit with it but but how do you get yourself in that position oh, like man. look They're just trying to save like a couple million pounds and then it just like turned into the worst possible thing you know say what you will about uh the modern education system but if you'd paid more attention some of those teachers might have uh <laughs> leave them kids alone fiscal they, responsibility yeah, they might have told you a little bit about economics <laughs> yeah, that's, no, no, that's, no, no, no. that's the sketch it's their <laughs> economics teacher like whatever you do do not put your pre-text on stable assets you need, you need. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. but yeah very surprised that that uh showed up on this soundtrack i can't they're notorious it. with their licensing yeah and then the fact that it's a super group i mean maybe they trusted a super group to tom do it morello justice. maybe tom Mar- they owed him maybe? a favor or something i don't know what music licensing how it works if you like i said it's with covers sometimes it doesn't seem like uh like the original artists have to give the permission but I don't know. Yeah, they might have not owned their own rights to that. We'll yeah. have to check on that. But man, or maybe they felt out of touch with the youth of today and they're like, well, maybe Tom Morello can rage against some machine for us. I exactly. Know. I mean, did this song need to be covered? Probably not. Is this, <laughs> but a movie is this about song, a school that needs like a good school song, but a rocky version. It's a 90s version. Gotta use it. It could be so much worse. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Would you guys... um? You know, I think Mary Beth is like, you won't be afraid ever. Like, it feels great. There's no fear. There's all, like, it's all love to become an alien parasite. Would you guys take that deal? I mean, I already drink a lot of water. Yeah. She could have been saying the same thing if she was on Josh Hartnett's homebrew (laughs) ecstasy. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) My day-to-day might not be that much different. Yeah. They, They get so gross, though. Yeah. It gets really gross. Like uh, at the end, like Elijah Wood has like the little like pods like coming out of his, his face. face. Yeah, I there's the thing like body snatchers is nobody emotes in this. Everyone is like more intense and more sure of themselves. So yeah, that, everyone gets really alpha. Yeah, for some reason I was like that appeals like, to me. Oh hello, <laughs> good to see you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. in your. Do you have any more? Can we find it in your trunk? <laughs> yeah. 
Get some scat. <laughs> Get some scat, yeah. Uh, I gotta say, this. I recommend the movie if anybody hasn't seen it or hasn't seen it re- like, recently. Yeah. Pretty yeah, fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, some of the CGI. Man, I miss practical effects because you can like go back and revisit. Like We watched Fright Night yeah. uh, for the last episode and the practical effects are amazing and it's like super fun to watch. Yeah. And then when you watch this, when it gets to like the monster parts, sometimes it looks like a, like a USA show or something. Yeah. It's Just, 90 CGI is woof. But the movie's fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the soundtrack, we got to rate. Got to rate it. <laughs> Excellent segue, Caleb Brown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris, speaking of segues, over to you. How do you feel about this? Uh, out of 15... Uh, out of tradition, Chris goes Ohio first. shrimp. Ohio shrimpy. <laughs> Go shrimpies. <laughs> Ohio shrimpy. Let's see. I'm doing sort of the song by song review on this. There's some big misses. It is absolutely a album of the times, uh, 1998, and boy, does it sound it. Um, I'm going to ask a question of all of us as we review this that I don't usually ask. I want your worst song in the soundtrack. Um, maybe Someday by Flick It. Uh, is pretty bad i would say the changes sean mullen is a i I mean just why (laughs) what have you done yeah helpless by degeneration had that weird like (laughs) like unlistenable like ear bleedy thing Uh, yeah maybe that i think the helpless by degeneration with like the the droney screams all right how about best song in the soundtrack Oof. Um, I'm going to say the kids aren't all right by the offspring. I think I, I have, a, for some reason I have a soft spot for the offspring and like even some of the, like the early stuff and I don't know that it still resonates with me. I think like them in like some 41, I find myself like going back and listening to. <laughs> I was like nodding, nodding. Then I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like Tony Hawk pro skater Two uh, soundtrack music. And I kind of dig that somehow. Like it's a different talking about of, doing a, uh, episode dedicated to that which we should do but i don't think it got an official soundtrack release we'd have to just like compile the songs but yeah. we yeah, should we'll still do it, it. there the might be a playstation one we could definitely find it's all less than jake yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but i'd say overall um there there are some pretty difficult songs on this one um i gotta give this a pretty low rating i'm gonna give it a 4.5 football field shrimpies shrimpy all right nikki what do you think Oh, man. Worst song on the soundtrack. Worst song on the soundtrack. I might have to agree with Chris on the D-Generation Helpless. That is uh, unlistenable. Yeah. Yeah. That should have never... No one should have ever uh, done a final mix down of that song. All right. How about best song? But the Creed song, song, I think, is actually my least favorite. The uh, Alice Cooper 18 cover. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Favorite song, song that I would actually listen to, I'd probably say Oasis, Stay Young. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give this a 6.5. All right. 6.5 Ohio shrimp. This, this soundtrack. <laughs> Ohio shrimp. Ohio shrimp. shrimp. <laughs> Boy, this is a hard, hard soundtrack. This was a fun episode. Hard soundtrack to like. Uh, yeah. I got to agree with Nick. The worst song is by far I'm 18 by Creed. It's funny that it's a song. It's an Alice Cooper song. I didn't even realize that I hated until I heard Creed do it. And now I'm like, oh, I'll never be able to listen to this thing again. And uh, that's that's a real, <laughs> that's a real accomplishment. <laughs> uh, best song for me by far is "The Kids Aren't All Right" by The Offspring. All right, I, I remember hey, that song fondly, and you I guys still both like that. Yeah, I still man. like listening to it. I gotta say that the the 
Another brick in the wall covers are bad, but they're still pretty listenable. The changes one is such a bummer. Yeah. That was insane. The, the brick in the wall is at least like um stays pretty true to the the source yeah. material. So like it can't be that bad. You it's know? it's not that bad. But um it's funny, I think <laughs> out of this entire thing, the that offspring song is probably the only song that I ever want to hear again. I'm gonna give this a four point one. All okay. right. Okay. All right. Before we go, we do have to add a song to the Tracklisting Spotify playlist, our favorite school song. And uh, if you guys don't mind, I can lead off. Take it away. Um, this song isn't specifically about school, but it, um, it mentions school in ways a few times. It's from 1976. This is a band that we've talked about before. And we talked about Jonathan Richmond on our Baby Driver soundtrack episode. And uh, in his first record was with the Modern Lovers. And it's a very Boston-centric album. And it is... Uh, He's still wandering around Boston <laughs> playing music. <laughs> uh, so many Boston references. And I went to uh, grad school at Boston University. And in this song, which is called uh, The Modern World, he specifically tells somebody multiple times to drop out of BU, which I think is hilarious. And then he also mentions dropping out of high school. Uh, this is The Modern World by The Modern Lovers. I just remember uh, living in Boston, going to BU, and and listening to this track, and him just being like, and "Drop out of BU." <laughs> it's like, all right, yeah. <laughs> like, well, sort of. Dropping ah, out of, fuck. <laughs> dropping out of high school is like a yeah, but dropping out of college, you're like, well, you know, just just gotta think about my life after this. I mean, you still like you've incurred the debt. You, yeah, there's no. I'm halfway through. You know, drop I, out of BU. <laughs> Uh, great song, a lot of surf guitar. Um, <laughs> that that whole song. album's really good. No, I love yeah. that. Modern Lovers. Thank you, Kim. Oh, yeah, Modern Lovers. Cheers. All right, Nikki, do you want to go next? Sure, I've got a track for us. This is a song from 1984, from the album 1984, 1984. <laughs> by Van Halen. Do you guys uh, know what this song might be? I brought my pencil. Give me rattle. I could not choose this song, yeah. especially since uh, Eddie Van Halen just passed away. This is Hot for Teacher. There you have it. R.I.P., man. Can't argue with that guitar playing. Just shred. It's the goat, man. Yeah. It's the goat. Rest in peace, Eddie. Rest in peace. We love you. Great song. All right, Chris, what do you got for us? I've got a song from 1973 by my good friends Steely Dan, and this is My Old School. Um, We'll 
listen to that and I'll talk about it for a bit. I think it's hilarious that the only artist that we picked that's uh, pro school is David Lee Roth. <laughs> yeah, that's very, yeah, that's very true. I brought my pencil. I brought my pencil. <laughs> hey, if you don't go to school, I didn't get to see those hot teachers. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, an indictment of... Um, really, that one is their friends selling them out. Um, I guess there was like a drug bust at Bard College and Donald Fagan and Walter Becker are like lambasting somebody that like ratted them out. <laughs> for dealing drugs at their school so a little apropos for the movie hopefully but um yeah it's like i'm never coming back thanks a lot for fucking telling the authorities that i'm dealing drugs here (laughs) i feel like all these songs are about josh hartnett in uh the faculty that's true they all work very much so (laughs) deal drugs and fuck his teacher (laughs) go to boston it all circles back to josh All right, well, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, uh, Caleb, for uh, the hey, faculty soundtrack. Very, very fun Thanks soundtrack. for listening along, yeah, guys. Yeah, that was spooky a fun stuff. One. Another Halloween weird. episode. <laughs> Never stop. It's October. It's 2020. <laughs> it's a scary year. Oh, jeez. All right, I think, uh, Nick, it's your pick next, right? I do have a pick for us, guys. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be spooky, though. No. It better be. Better be. <laughs> it better be spooky. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hope everyone's staying safe. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.